0: Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Give me everything you got. Play fast. Play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's pulling it It's He's pulling Let's go. Touchdown!
0: You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week and the road trip wages on as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 213. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell about what we saw on film from the Eagles' loss to the Dallas Cowboys on the road on Sunday Night Football. We'll cover everything from that divisional loss, the second in a row for the Eagles, as we now prepare for this weekend's matchup against the Buffalo Bills, the 5-1 and one Buffalo Bills. We've got a lot to talk about when these two teams take the field at Ralph Wilson Stadium on Sunday. After that, we will take a look at my notes on Tredavious White, the star corner, one of the best corners in the National Football League. I'll get, get through my notes on him coming out of LSU a few years ago. A guy I was a big fan of. If you were a listener, or a listener to the Journey of the Draft podcast, you may remember how much I talked about Trey White uh, in the build-up to that draft. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it now with Chalk Talk with Greg Cosell. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, back again for another episode of Chalk Talk is the man himself, NFL Film Senior Producer Greg Cosell. Greg, uh, tough one. Uh, obviously, a tough one to watch Sunday night and then a tough one to watch again Monday morning. Um, you know, I think before. We just gotta let. It wasn't a good game. No, on, on all three sides. I, it, It's it hard bad. to real
1: to put a real positive spinner on this game.
0: There, there are there are a lot of positive no. to take on. No. I think there are things you can take away that we'll discuss, but there's not a lot. There's not a lot that you can say in this game. Like man, like you know what the the run defense was really good in this game, or you know the coverage was locked down and the pass rush was was consistently great. Uh, the run game was great on offense. Like, Everything. I mean, look, I think it's a Jim Schwartz quote. Jim Schwartz will say that. I guarantee. We're shooting this Monday night. Jim Schwartz speaks as a tomorrow or Wednesday. He's going to say, "Hey, look, you know, because he's going to get asked about it, you know, the defense." He's going to say, "Look, I think we rush the passer like a three and four team. We cover like a three and four team. We tackle like a three and four team." Well, you Jim's are what pretty honest said. guy. Yeah, you 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 are what your record says you are. Right. I think that's what you have to say about this game.
1: You know, I think, and, and again, we're not going to sugarcoat anything about the game, but I think when you look at the reality of two road losses that were not overly competitive, you have to start, I think, looking ahead. You have to start trying to figure out how you can get better and look ahead and use yep. the losses to try to do that.
0: Yeah. I think that's been a consistent theme for this Eagles team over the last two years has been the ability to overcome adversity. And be resilient. And be resilient. Right. You, know, you go back two years ago, all those injuries, and, right. and you go on the Super Bowl run. Right. Last year, you had a stretch like this where you did not play good football for about three, four weeks. Right. They, they did not play really well last year, and you're able to turn it around right. and bounce back and go on a playoff run. The, those, the, the, again, that's we don't you know. That that's what you, hang, right. that's right. what you have to hang your hat on. That's what you have to hang your hat on is say that this team has the ability to do that, they've shown it, but now they have to go and do it. It's right. not just going to happen. It's not going to just say, no. like, oh, all right, we're, we're just going to turn it on. That's that's not right. how it works. So I think ultimately um, you, know, you can't go into a hostile environment Turn the ball over twice in your two opening. In your first two possessions, and again give them fourteen points inside right. your thirty-yard line. That's you, that's you can't you can't win a game like that.
1: No, especially when the approach was clearly an aggressive approach, taking the ball yep. as opposed to deferring, saying, "Hey, you know what? We're putting faith in our offense. We're going to march down the field. We're going to score, and we're going to set the tempo with our offense." Yep. And then obviously we the fumble by the tempo went the other way. Right. Yeah. It, 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 exactly what the other way yeah
0: yeah so i think yeah. really ultimately um you know, it was a tough start uh, once again, and then they're, they're unable to kind of get out of that hole. A couple times they were to make it close. Um, you know, I think in the first half, you get back, it's 14 right. uh, 7. And you have that drive where, um, you know, the the big one, I, I know Doug was asked about it at his, at his press conference on Monday uh, the third and four run by Miles Sanders, uh, where it was a, a tackle trap play. They brought right. uh, Andre Dillard from the left side over, he was going to block the defensive tackle. Great play by the D-tackle to kind of get across, cross the face uh, of Dillard. That took off that initial hole that the trap is supposed to hit. Sanders busts outside a little bit, and there was another hole there that— He needed he, to get through. If he had stuck his foot in the ground and gotten he, through that—
1: He would have gotten a first down.
0: And he almost still got it. He got, right. he got three. Right. If he, I, if he had that, hit that a little bit faster, right. uh, then you are know, talking about a first down. And, then, and Again, that's not the difference in the game, but you're talking right. about it at a seven-point game. Uh, they, you know, you know, now you have well, to punt and, and you know, I score think, again
1: and I think a team has to do this too, not just you and I sitting and talking about it, but I think you have to do two things. You have to look at individual plays and individual ways to make the play calls better and execute better, but then you have to look a little more macro and say, okay, how can we try to create some other things? So you can always look at that third and fourth play where there was a hole and say, hey, let's work on that as a specific coaching point But that's one play. Now let's talk about how we can make a lot of things better.
0: Yep, and it's tough to do. You know, a lot of Eagles fans will say, like, "Oh, well, they need to get into the film room and figure this out." They have to play a five and one Bills team this week. Correct. That's not a slouch build. This isn't like a a Fugazi five and one. They've they're playing good football uh, on both sides.
1: And they have a really good defense. Yeah,
0: we'll get into the into that matchup in a little bit. But um, you know, if you you can't just say, "All right, you know, we're going to take Monday and Tuesday. We're going to fix everything we've got. We'll worry about game planning." Right. Right. That's why That's why the, everyone, everything happens. The self-scouting really goes into high gear during the bye week when you don't have to worry about putting a game plan yep. together. But there are little things you'll try and fix from sure. week to week and try and coach up, and yep. that's what they'll try and do uh, this week, those little things. Um, all right. We got that out of the way. It was it was rough on both sides. Let's talk – there are a few things I want to hit, hit you with here. Um, just kind of talk macro and then also micro okay. as well. Uh, Andre Dillard, I want to start there, uh, made his first start. Yes. Yes. Um, We saw him first long-term last week against Everson Griffin, tough matchup, a guy that uses length, uses power. To me, that's a guy for where Andre Dillard is in terms of his physical development right now. That's a tough matchup. I was excited to see him this week uh, against a guy in Robert Quinn who wins more with his feet, more with his quickness. He did one time get inside his pads and bull rush him back for a sack. But overall, I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, what you thought from Andre Dillard in his debut. Overall, I thought it was pretty solid. He had a few bad snaps,
1: which you would expect. No question. Robert Quinn is a very difficult matchup. I guarantee that Dillard's never seen that kind of edge speed before. Yeah. And you can talk about it. You can prepare for it. We know the Eagles have a great O line coach. uh, But it's not the same as facing it at live speed in a game. And I think that uh, for the most part—and, of course, Quinn got hurt. But for the most part, I thought that Dillard held up reasonably well. Dillard was not the reason that the offense did not sure. play well. Yeah, um, you know, a few bad snaps—you'd expect that. And and when when tackles have bad snaps and there's a sack, it becomes very visible. Right. But for the most part, I thought that he held up rather well. And given that he's played in the in two straight weeks against Everson Griffin and Robert Quinn, I think that's uh, trial by fire.
0: And I think both both those opponents will really help him going forward. I was having this conversation with somebody this weekend. What do you feel is the toughest position for a rookie, outside of quarterback, Right, couch that? What is the hardest position to come in as a rookie and be able to play? Even just not, because you see rookies all over the league play. What's the toughest position for them to come in and kind of play it at a winning level? Because I couldn't decide between one of two spots.
1: Wow. Tackle's one of them. I think corner is one. I think it's tackle and corner. I think corner is without question a really difficult transition for a college player to come into the NFL. I, but I could easily tackle would be right there yeah. for the simple reason that particularly in, in today's college football, for the most part, everything is quick. You're never in a, a three point stance. You're always in a two point stance. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's a really difficult transition as well, in my view.
0: Yeah, I think you've almost can look at those two positions and kind of mirror them because uh, you know in both you're kind of doing something unnatural. You're moving in reverse. Right. Uh, you're being threatened in ways from by superior athletes more often than not. Uh, maybe not always in Dillard's case because of how athletic he is, but uh, guys that are typically uh, most more cases, athletic. you're still going to be a sort of athletic defensive mismatch.
1: ends. Edge pass rushers in the NFL are more athletic than Andre Dillard. Yeah. As, as athletic as athletic as he is for an offensive tackle, this is the NFL. The guys who rush the quarterback off the edge, with very very few exceptions, right. are going to be more athletic than he is. I
0: think that's usually the case with receivers going up against uh, against corners as well, for the right. most part. Right. Um, that's why you see often in the NFL draft, teams take. Athletic projects on the offensive line and athletic projects at corner because you're trying to bet on those tools to level you're the You're trying to coach field.
1: those tools yes. because
0: not everybody has those tools. Exactly. Right. So um, I watch, you know, you look, browse around the NFL, obviously, you watch uh, all 32 teams every week. Rookie offensive linemen are giving up sacks. Every single week. Oh, without question. Juwan Taylor, a player I loved coming out of Florida, He's having a
1: real. And the thing is, it's funny you say that because I don't know how much you've seen yeah. of him. I've, I've seen Jacksonville every week. Yeah. And he's giving up sacks in a way that a lot of people probably did not expect. He's getting bull rushed with yeah. speed to power, whereas everybody, including myself, and I think you felt the same way, believe that that was his strength. Yep. That his his strength was his strength. Yep. As opposed to his quick feet. Yeah. And he's getting bull rushed because it comes down to technique. Yep. And the, and the speed to power and the explosiveness of edge rushers, and I know he played in the SEC, but it's not the same as the NFL.
0: Yeah, and there are guys, I mean, I, I loved Michael Dieter out of Wisconsin. He's getting manhandled in Miami. There are guys yep. up and down. I, I'm like, man, I really love that guy coming out. He's struggling And, and that doesn't mean that's, these guys won't be good players. No question. <laughs> right. that's, that's life of a rookie offensive <laughs> no lineman question. Uh, in the NFL. So uh, to see Andre Dillard come out the last two weeks, I think that he's, think, he's looked pretty well. I pretty think good. Uh, the reports have been overly positive, to, yeah. be, to be honest. Yeah. Um a couple of things from the offensive side before we move over to defense. Right. Uh I loved the the idea that we're gonna play a little bit more 21 personnel. We saw some more two-back stuff this week. Handful of snaps, nothing crazy, handful of snaps, including that touchdown to Dallas Goddard uh, against single high. So that brings brings them within a touchdown. They're down 14-0. Um and what they did was you had Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders in the shotgun, right. uh, next to Carson Wentz. They send Howard. It was all go left 18. to right. It was the same play. It was the same play that Sanders week. scored a
1: touchdown on last week. Yep. That I broke down in the matchup show this week. Yes. It was the same play. Uh, they got what, what you get a lot with the Cowboys with a lot of single high teams that you they got cover three boundary lock. So when you get cover three boundary lock, what happens if you're going to take? The over route, which is what Goddard ran, is the backside, the boundary hook to curl defender has to carry him because there's no one else to play him. Yep. And that was Van Der Esch, I believe. It was
0: Leighton Van yes. And
1: so you feel good about your athletic tight end running a vertical route against a linebacker. As athletic as Van Der Esch is, you still feel good about that. Yep. But it was the exact same—not the— the complementary routes weren't exactly the same as the Sanders touchdown
0: the week before, yep. but the concept was generally the same. Exactly. And so, Carson, uh, do you feel like there was a, a read of the middle field safety, or do you think he was going to guide it all the way to try and attack Van Der Esch on the backside? I'm sure it
1: was—I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I would think there'd be a read, but when he hit his back foot and was basically ready to, to do something with the ball— right? Uh, Sanders was not in position for uh, for the H seam throw to be made. So, for a timing standpoint, from it a looked timing more like it was standpoint, Goddard. Goddard made far more sense. Interesting, All because right. don't forget, Sanders comes from the backfield, so that that throw takes a little longer. Yeah. you have to sit in the pocket
0: a little more. Goddard's on the line of scrimmage, yep. so he's the much more immediate vertical threat and keep in mind if you're the free safety for the cowboys if you're the linebackers for the cowboys you've seen the eagles run this concept so many times you're expecting this is going to sanders right. they've thrown this five times in the last four and weeks
1: carson did look toward yes, sanders initially to which yep. yeah so again only carson could tell you what was in his mind yep but um but yeah as soon as i saw the play i, I you know i said to the guys in, in our matchup room i said oh that's all is. go eight scene. Same call as, as they've the week before. Yeah. Which yeah. we've seen them run over the years, too. Yeah. I remember we, we I don't remember if we broke it down, but they did one to one Dell Smallwood a few years last ago. Last year. Was the it last Colts year? year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the Jaguars. Uh, which was not a touchdown, yeah. as I recall. It was not. But uh, no, that's part of the repertoire.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the the defensive side now and I think um, you know look the the thing that was uncharacteristic was obviously the run defense missed tackles abound that was certainly an issue Uh, getting you know two sudden change situations inside your own 30 yard line not an ideal way to start uh, for that side but uh, missed tackles a lot of yardage on the ground. I want to ask you though about uh, Jalen Mills who made his debut first game back uh, after a year. What'd you think about uh, the Green Goblin and his return.
1: You know, it's funny you ask because I didn't. He didn't show up to me a lot, okay. So you know, and I wasn't watching him on every play. Gotcha. So I guess that would mean to me that he probably did okay. So, yeah. I, like I said, I wasn't you know studying him on every play. I so was interested to see what he looked like I was the guys I was studying more on every play because I was maybe just more interested. Because I feel like I know what Jalen Mills is. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a different player than he's been.
0: Well, I, just having not played for a calendar right, year, right, right. I wanted to see, okay, how did, does he what look? What did you think? I thought he looked fine. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, the, I mean, honestly, the, the one play down the right sideline to Amari Cooper... Cooper made a great catch. It was a great ball. I thought the coverage oh, was you're pretty talking, good. Yes,
1: that was a great... That was the best throw of the night by Prescott. Yeah. And you couldn't throw that ball any better. Yeah, I thought I the coverage was pretty good. And that was a trust thing. That just shows you the trust that Prescott has with Cooper because he turned that loose when Mills was on top of Cooper. Yep. So that was a trust throw. And I'm not
0: sure you could blame that on Jalen Mills. Sure, no. no. And, I, and the interception he made down the field actually was interesting. He showed uh, some good recovery on that. Good recovery, yeah. uh, good ball skills, yep. and also he was the only corner on the field. They were playing with a very heavy package, four down linemen, four backers. So. Yep. uh uh, interesting that they had that level of trust and had not played yes, for yes. A, a year, only one week of practice. There were one corner on the field. Jalen Mills is the one out there making yep. the play, uh, which I thought was really interesting. But um, you said that you were watching elsewhere. I was watching was... T.J. Edwards. Okay, what do you think?
1: Well, it was funny on the second play of the game when oh, he just man. came he up Hill, and, and smacked I like that, and, and and then made the tackle. Um, you know, other than that, I thought that um, uh, struggled at times with his recognition and his in his eye discipline. You know, but for the most part, I thought that given. You know, keep. You have to keep one thing in mind, and I'm not saying this is good or bad because there are players who are free agents who become good players. Mm. But when the when the Eagles are in their base defense, you got to remember who they're putting out there, and it's no knock on anybody. It's just the reality of life in the NFL. They were, they were playing with two free agents and a fifth round pick who was a safety in college. Mm. That was their starting the, the three
0: starting linebackers in their base. I think four it was a seventh round pick by or a sixth round pick by New England before oh, okay. he got here. Yeah. But yes, yeah. Same point. Right, right. So, so. I mean,
1: you know, and normally, look, as we say, there's always guys who make it who are late picks or free agents. But normally, and we spend so much time watching college players, guys get drafted where they get drafted or not drafted for a reason. Mm. So that's what the Eagles were putting out there in their base 4-3.
0: Yeah, and I think that you are got to give a lot of credit to Dallas from a schematic standpoint. There were a few runs that I thought they did a really good job with their misdirection. Uh, attacking, you know, put, saying, okay, we're going to put take these linebackers, put them in stressful right. situations. They stayed in a lot of 21, 22 yep. personnel, stayed in base, cut uh, keep the, and keep the Eagles in base defense. They did a lot of different things where they pulled the fullback, and instead of him going to the right with the way of the run, he's going left right. to hold those backers and yeah. keep them just a step from getting outside. And,
1: and Matt Bowen, I give credit to him. He talked in our matchup show about the Cowboys getting outside with their GG scheme, yep. pull scheme, which saw they did that. a lot of, yep. and they were effective with it. And the Eagles will see that this week. uh, Oh, well, they'll do it with their guard and their center. That is a major focus of the Bills' run game. And it's funny. They hadn't really done it with Frank Gore until this week. They had done it mostly with Devin Singletary, who's Mm. the more explosive back. But they did it with Gore this week, and I believe he ran for 11 yards.
0: Yeah, this is a team that's – we're talking about Buffalo. We might as well just shift into this matchup now. Um, There's not – yeah, I mean, again, this past week's game – There's not Yeah. Um, you know, and I think really, uh, look, they're going to try and bounce back. We talked about it. It's There's not time to say, you know, it's kind of wild and say, like, man, that was bad because you have to get ready. You have to prepare for the another next week. game. There's another game in, in yeah. six days now. Um, so let's talk about this Buffalo Bills team. And uh, offensively, <sighs> Ident- from an identity standpoint, they are a physical, physical football team. They want to they want to outpower you. They, they had wanna, a they run play on their
1: ninety-eight yard drive, and I know you saw it. It was Gore's fifteen yard run, yep. where Feliciano and Ford doubled. Um, I forget who it might have been. John Jenkins, yes, and yes, they pushed Jenkins. him back. I think they're still pushing him back. Fran, as we're speaking, mm-hmm. I mean, they pushed him back into the linebacker McMillan. Uh, it was and it was unbelievable. And they they're a good run blocking front. He should have called for an Uber. He would have got there faster. That, that, there you go. Hey, are you performing
0: here all yeah, night? I'll be here all night. Okay, Unfortunately, good. I'll be here until like 1130. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, you will be performing yes, all night. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think when you look at that team, though, I mean, that's uh, Quentin Spain. All he wants to do is put you on your back. Yeah. Uh, you know That's this is a physical group up front. Uh, as I mentioned, they're a top 10, top seven unit in the most rushing categories uh, around the NFL. They want to be able to run the football. Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, Josh Allen, all three guys. And they run it
1: old school. They put Allen under center. Yep. They put Gore as an eye back or Singletary as an eye back. Yep. Yeah, do they have a few shotgun runs? Everybody does. But that's not the foundation of their run game. They put Allen under center, and they run the ball the old-fashioned way.
0: No question. Um, Well, we're talking about the run game, so let's talk about some of these guys. So Frank Gore, I think we kind of know what Frank Gore is, but tell us about Frank Gore. Yes, It's...
1: Patience, vision, and always in his career, just an uncanny ability to get through small creases at the point of attack. I don't think I've ever seen a back... And and again, I say that I've been doing this for 40 years, so maybe there is a back, but you know he's certainly right there, a back who can get through little pieces of daylight as mm. well as Frank Gore.
0: Yeah, and I think when you look at Devin Singletary, uh, the rookie, explosive, explosive back. The thing he was a very polarizing player this spring because um, was so productive at FAU, yep. uh, put up crazy numbers in that Lane Kiffin offense, um, but was really small, and he's still really small. That's not changing. The but test not but small in terms of height. Short and squatty. And squatty. I mean, he's, he's not 180 pounds. Yes, he was right, over 200 th- pounds. Yes, he was a bigger kid. Yeah. Um, but then also... Uh, didn't test well. That's when a lot of people said, "Oh, you know what? I, right. I'm not. He's he's small and he's slow. I'm not. I'm out right. on, on single." I remember
1: because I thought watching his tape that he had some pretty good juice, and I don't think he ran a particularly good forty. As no, I that it. it was. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. I want to say but it was it wasn't north the kind of forty four, of four, where you went, "Wow, he yeah. can," you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was, it was. So it was that scared a lot of people. But I think when you look at Singletary, he's got the ability to make people miss. Uh, he's got some juice, lateral movement. See, he the runs better really than, his, than his forty time. Yes, no question. On tape. For sure. How does he fit in terms of this scheme? How do you see those two playing off each other, both uh, Frank Gore and Singletary? Well, I think
1: Singletary fits because it gives them a little more of an outside run game, plus he's very good in the screen game. Yep. And and I, so is Gore, but, but Singletary does give them a little more juice. So they've got two backs that can... I don't want to say be dominant. That's too strong a word, but that can be very effective within the context of how they want to play.
0: Yep, and Singletary has been banged up a little bit, so they Yeah, he's back now. Yeah. Uh they have relied a little bit on T.J. Yeldon of back. You yeah, and I both like coming out of Alabama. Week. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So I think I think ultimately it's Gore and Singletary. Yeah,
0: no, it's uh, Singletary's a good player. I'll be interested to see him uh, more up close. Uh, this weekend in this game. Staying in the backfield, uh, mentioned Josh Allen and you know what they do with him in the run game. They will do uh some design A lot runs. Run design runs. He will scramble and take off. They'll be careful they, about they that. Move, they move the pocket. I mean they do things so right. his feet, much like what we talked about last week with Prescott Big part they're of a what factor they're really, in the game for no, sure. No question. And I think Josh Allen is still at the
1: point in his career where he doesn't necessarily see things as clearly as you hope he will. I think he runs the play as called, and if he doesn't feel like it's clear, he'll take off. Yep. So you have to be very aware of that. It's one thing to say, hey, let's confuse him mm. with some looks and some disguises and some late movement, but if you're going to do that, you then have to be prepared for him to run. Yep. You know, it's not as if he's just going to sit there and be confused.
0: He's going to take off. Yeah.
1: And he's a really good runner.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, he's very, very athletic, and he's a big, strong guy. Yeah. Watching him, it's hard not to think of Cam Newton and that staff. Yep. Both a scouting staff and a coaching staff were in Carolina when Cam Newton was was brought up and developed, uh, and now they've got their own version there. Uh, you know, in Josh Allen and a guy that can make every throw in the book. But he's a little uh, scatter shot. He'll miss, miss throws he's too. He's going to miss throws both mentally and physically. Yes. Um, so very similar to Newton in that way. Yeah. And I mean, you could see him
1: on on one throw miss a throw badly, and on the next throw just make an unbelievably great throw. Yeah. I mean, they had a 12 play, 98 yard touchdown drive this week, and he made two really good throws. He he had that crosser to um, Williams, Duke Williams. Yep. Um, it was, which is a combination route concept they run a lot of where they run the double post and the crosser underneath it yep. you see that a lot with them sure and he threw the crosser which required touch and precise ball placement and you couldn't have thrown it any better On the money yep. and then obviously the touchdown to John Brown who is a re- I mean, he's someone the Eagles have to deal with because he can still run. Yep. He can get over the top of people. Now, the one thing about Josh Allen, which I'm sure they're working
0: on, is he's missed a lot of deep balls to open receivers. The deep ball accuracy. I want to say there was a stat I saw this weekend it's where he was, a bull- he was very, very low. It's down bad the for him. Yeah. And he misses badly. Yeah.
1: It's not like, oh, it's right off the fingertips. Right. He's, he missed one. He had one, one. Oh, man. It was to, to Andre fif- Roberts. 15 yards to deep. To Andre Roberts, yeah. who ran by the defense, yep. and uh, the, the safety sat, and he was wide open, and he threw it a good 10 yards. Yeah. Over yeah, the top.
0: It was a, it was a rough one, but yeah. I think when you look at uh, this receiving core, they've tried to build it in his image. I mean, they went and say, "All right, well, we're, we're going to try and attack downfield. We're going to leverage, yes. you know, his arm strength, and also the fact that we want to be a run team. We've talked about this uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. Want to run the ball? Run the ball. All right, now we're going to hit you with play action. Right. That's the impact. And we hope John we Brown's get single high. Yep.
1: And and no question, you and and Cole Beasley's very good in the slot. Yep. You know, Philadelphia fans, fans, fans know him from. From uh, Dallas, and um, no, they're they're pretty solid. They
0: completely remade that tight end room uh, oh, from last year this year. Yes, so and I
1: really liked Dawson Knox.
0: So did I. I liked him. coming I, I out. I loved him
1: coming out. Yep. You know, he didn't he didn't get a lot of balls at Ole Miss because he never they, he
0: didn't catch a touchdown.
1: I know. Uh, But, I mean, they had Brown, they had Metcalf, and they had Lodge. And so he wasn't really a big factor in the passing game. So he was a guy that I had to watch. You know, I even went back and watched him the year before just because I wanted to see plays. I don't know if you probably did the same thing. And I really liked him. You know, I thought he was highly athletic, and I thought he had a chance
0: to be a really good player. Yeah. And I th- still feel that way. Uh, and he's used in a lot of different ways. Yeah. He's not just a move guy. He will be, uh, you know, asked to be a blocker, yep. and he will do a lot of the dirty work. Um, lead blocking, split zone, you know, a lot of those different things. He'll be asked to be a factor and, uh, from that side. And standpoint. it's funny you
1: mentioned blocking. They have Lee Smith, who's essentially a glorified offensive oh, tackle.
0: He's tackle size, yep. Yeah,
1: but he's good at it. Yes. And then they— st- Tyler Croft, who's unfortunately has been injured so much in his career, I remember him coming out of Rutgers, another athletic tight end. I remember He's, him
0: coming out of high school, so I will one up you there. He went did, to Down, Downingtown East, I believe. Ah, okay. We recruited I, him when I was at Temple. I did not and know that. He, uh, got that Rutgers you offer. Did one. was me that. There. Yeah, so I will one up you on that one. But, Croft's a good player. Yeah, and,
1: and obviously he had he got injured, I think, in training camp. Then he came back and injured again. So I think this past week was his first game. Mm and uh, I didn't check his, his snap count, yep. but he certainly can become a factor for them because he's another guy that's pretty athletic.
0: Yeah, no, he's... Uh, I mean, when you look at that group as a whole, uh, it's a it's a good group. It's a good group. It's a good group. So um, linebackers and safeties for the Eagles got to be uh, aware of all those guys, especially Knox in the passing game because he's a guy that can get down the seam and be as a As he did
1: last week versus cover two, I believe. Yes, yes. And it was a,
0: that, that was a yeah. big-time throw uh, from Josh Allen right by the middle linebacker's yep. ear hole in yep. Tampa, too. Um um, just kind of browsing through really quick. The to me the offensive line is a really intriguing group because that's another group they really put a lot of assets into to say okay we're going to re- completely remake this. So Deion Dawkins, the Temple kids at left tackle, Quinton Spain, like I mentioned he just wants to he just wants to yeah crush and, you. He
1: wa- and you know what he struggled in, in Tennessee the last couple of years which is why they let him go right. Uh, so I mean. I think he fits what they want to do, but theoretically he fit what Tennessee wanted to do and he just didn't do that good a job.
0: Sure. And then Mitch Morse, uh, the athletic center from Kansas City. Good player. Man, he looks good when he's a puller. He's, he's well, he really was a tackler in college. He was, yes, I remember. At Missouri. 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 A left tackler, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Doug Peterson was there when they drafted him in the yeah. second round yep. um, as their offensive coordinator. So uh, a guy that's got that position versus him, but his and athleticism. Feliciano. Yep. You know, one of, my, one of
1: my guys who works uh, on the matchup show was at Miami the last three, four years. Okay. And he says a lot of good things about Feliciano. And he's played well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, he's a mauler, too. Yep. Uh, at right and then, tackle, Cody Ford. Well, they, 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 round, they rotate. And Niseki is, yeah. is the other guy who's yeah. been a good swing tackle. In no question. So it's a it's a good group. Ford's a good run blocker. They're a very efficient team. Yep. Um Offensively, they're not going to score 40 points every week. But, they but Josh Allen to is game. one of those
1: guys. Yep. He can make some throws, and you just go, wow. Now, he can also, in any given game, probably be 15 for 32 with three picks. Yep. You just
0: don't know. Yeah. No, the strength, if you just look at it purely from a statistical standpoint, is the run game. What I found to be very interesting is, their red zone offense is very very good. Their touchdown efficiency when they get inside the 20, their throw, I think their passer rating as a team is number 1 in the NFL inside the 20. And it's not like oh, you know, they've got these red zone weapons. They spread the ball around. They've got really good concepts. Right. So the Eagles have to be very aware that you know, they they want teams to get into the red right, zone. Right. The red zone defense is very right. good. That'll be an interesting matchup in this and game. And
1: even though what you said doesn't speak to Josh Allen's running ability, you have to be aware of that in the red zone oh, no, as well. Oh, no question.
0: Yeah, the two-point play. He's yes. he got into the end zone on the goal line when it's when it's goal line, short oh, No, they'll run design runs. They'll yep. run, they'll sweep him in the in tight red zone. You may be breaking down a quarterback sweep on Eagles game plan this week. I may be? A little bit of a tease. Ah, uh, okay. It might be. We haven't done it yet, so I can't right. say for sure, but right. I think that, that is in the plans. Uh, let's go over the defensive side because uh, I think this Bills team is known for their defense with Sean McDermott. Um, give us a, a quick, you know, for Eagles fans that, you know, they, were, they may remember when he was the defensive coordinator here, maybe didn't follow him as much right. when he went to Carolina, right. uh, and now he's the head coach. Yep. Give us the 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 speech here on what his scheme is all about and what he kind of brings to the table. Well, here's what I kind of wrote down, and I'm gonna find it. But
1: I watch them every week. Yep. So, um it's
0: a good fight. It's a fun team to watch. defensively. Yeah,
1: I would I would say that they're an execution defense much more than a highly schemed defense. Yep. Okay, they're not a high percentage blitz defense. They almost exclusively match up to what the offensive personnel is. Meaning, if the offensive personnel is base. They're in base. If the offensive personnel is 11 with three wide receivers, they're a nickel. They're a 100% exclusive nickel defense. They do not play dime. Yep. Um, now, they mix and match some personnel packages quite a bit, mm. and they've done that throughout the course of this season with a lot of different people. They were playing Neal number 33 against 11 personnel and kind of a big nickel that was geared toward 11 personnel. They were playing Marlow as safety, same big nickel concept, when, when the other team had uh, had two tight ends on the field. Love Dean
0: Marlowe coming out of James Madison. Yeah,
1: this week, they totally changed up, and, and they were missing Matt Milano, who I think is a really good He's player. He's a good player, And I don't yeah. know what his status is for this week. Yep. But but this week, they kind of went, went about it differently. They played base 4-3 because they made Maurice Alexander, who I remember coming out of Boise yeah. State, I believe, as a safety. Yeah, sure. They made him a linebacker. Yep. And so they played base 4-3. Yep. Uh. So... You know they do they do a lot with some personnel, but as far as the concepts, they're a cover four team, a cover three team, and when they play man, they'll play cover one, two man, one robber. Yep. You know, so it's not as if they only play one thing, but they're more of an execution defense. And one thing that I think really, really helps them is they have interchangeable safeties yep. in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who was uh, you know once an Eagles draft choice no and has gone on to become a really good
0: safety. Tell you about the interception he made against the Giants. Uh, oh, I remember. This year. Yeah. You may be breaking that one down in the Eagles game plan this week. All um, right. So, uh, when you look at the, this safety duo, a very good, very good group, and I was glad that you talked about them from a schematic standpoint as well, because uh, I wanted to ask you, we talked last week about quarters coverage, because we broke it down. Yeah. You know, the Eagles gave up that play against Stephon Diggs, and, you know, we've got some reaction. It was like, oh, you know, well, why would they play quarters coverage? Well, the Bills have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're not giving up any Panthers play they quarters have, coverage too yeah, all the time. They have yet, they have yet to give up a touchdown of 20 plus in quarters. Right, play being a primary quarters defense. Every coverage has strengths, every coverage right. has weaknesses, so they they are they the coverage team.
1: correctly, right. you know, it it look, what people have to understand about zone just a very quick aside is yes. every zone coverage is essentially designed for three-step timing and five-step timing by the quarterback. In other words, every zone coverage is designed for the ball to be out in 1.5 seconds or 2.1 seconds. Anything that goes beyond that is on the pass rush Mm. because then the holes in the coverage are there. So no zone coverage takes care of everything. It must work
0: in tandem with a pass rush. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, well, and every, as we've mentioned – Every zone coverage has voids. Oh, yes. So if you're going to play quarters coverage, which you know in theory has four deep defenders, that means you only have three underneath. So you're going to give up a little bit more underneath. If right. you want to play Tampa two, you're going to have five underneath and only two deep. Too deep. deep. So there, there's, there's math involved here right, right. Uh, in terms well, of what you can cover and what you can take and, away. And the key about
1: zone coverage is, and, and you hear this all the time, and I've been fortunate in my career to sit in, in defensive meetings with teams, and you hear this all the time. It's eye discipline. Yep. It's leverage. It's recognition. And what is to take us through those three terms? Well, eye discipline means you have to have a. Uh, if you're playing zone, you can't be staring at the quarterback. Right. You you must understand the routes, and your eyes must be with the routes, and and the players who are coming into your area. As soon as you start looking at the quarterback, you lose focus on the routes. It's like a quarterback looking at the rush. Right. Yep. So you you need to understand what kind of routes could be run from specific receiver splits, okay? And then leverage. Leverage comes from whether you're playing outside technique, inside technique. Uh, you have to play in a specific spot so you don't give up certain routes. You have to understand where your help is at any Correct. given point, including yeah. the sideline. Correct, because the sideline is help. Yes. Uh, and then... Recognition. It comes down to recognizing what the routes are, yeah. because every team runs essentially the same routes. It's just how they get to those
0: routes. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I mean, we talked about earlier with Dallas. Right. I mean, they see that route concept that the Eagles have run with Miles Sanders going down the seam right. uh, multiple times over the last few weeks. You naturally are going to say, oh, right, this is, this is what they're running. Now you've got Dallas Goddard going the other way, and that's a great play call by the Eagles to trying to attack that scheme
1: no question. So, but then there's also rules and without getting too too deep, in too areas, deep yeah. into it in quarters, if you line up with two receivers to one side, the outside receiver is number 1, the inside receiver is number 2. Yep. So, if you're playing quarters, the corner is responsible for number 1 running vertically. Yep. The safety, the quarter safety is responsible for number 2 running vertically. But there's rules as to when the coverage those players have to match up and become man players. Yep. Some coaches say hey, if number 2 runs vertical, you match up at 8 yards. Eight yards. Some and coaches say you match up at 12 yards. Yep. You know, that
0: that becomes specific to a coach. Yep. And without knowing uh how they're being coached from that and then also the different checks you I may guarantee have to do. The Eagles know how plan. Sean McDermott coaches it. Right. You know, but we don't know all that. We don't know yeah. all we don't get that deep into the weeds on. Right. It. Um from a personnel standpoint, uh, those two safeties, when you look at Poyer uh, and Micah Hyde, interchangeable, great tacklers, very reliable tacklers with ball skills, kind of yep. like that, you know, the quote unquote nose. Really for the good tacklers
1: and really good near the line of scrimmage in the run game, which you have to be in in quarters, you have right?
0: Because you need those guys to come up right. and be able to play. Really good the near the
1: line of scrimmage in the run game.
0: Um, at corner. You've got Levi Wallace, who's, who's an, outst- I think, an outstanding story. He didn't have way, his best game yeah. this past yes. week, but
1: ever since he became the starter last year with maybe six or seven games to go, yeah. he's played very well.
0: One-year starter at Alabama. If you haven't yet, I would urge you to go and make sure you go and just read up on his story how he became an Alabama star. Fascinating. Right. Really cool story in his background. Um, Tredavious
1: White. Really good player. Really. Good Sometimes player. they use him as a matchup corner. Yep. Sometimes they don't. It depends on the opponent. Your guess is as good as mine how they see the Eagles. Yeah. Um, You know, he he didn't match up last week to Devontae Parker, but he has matched up to big-time receivers in
0: the past. Yep. You know, so – We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then they've got Teron Johnson, who typically had been well, their nickel. They and did came a weird thing in. this week.
1: Yep. You probably noticed it. Yes. Teron Johnson would play in their nickel on first and second down, and Kevin Johnson came in and played slot corner on third
0: down. Yeah, it seems like when they went to that speed nickel package where they put Lorenzo Alexander a and he rusher. would come down as a rusher. They, they did that starting Kevin in the Johnson second half. In. Yeah, and it, that's yes. what I was trying to pick when, yeah. they, when they would try and yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, so let's get now to that front. Uh, and we'll, we'll go to the pass rush because um, – Ed Oliver is the the top 10 pick yeah. that I think a lot of people are interested to get your thoughts on. How are you felt that, that he's played so far to start his career? I think he struggled quite a bit. I thought
1: he's had a few plays this week. That makes me think maybe he's starting to turn the corner. Mm. But I think for the most part this year, he's been eating up a lot by bigger bodies. He gives up he's, ground, yep. He's 280 pounds now. Yep. And um, he's been eaten up a lot. He hasn't made many spectacular plays given his athleticism and sheer explosiveness. Um, saw a little
0: of that this week. And like I said, you see that disruption upfield, and we, where maybe he doesn't make the play, but he allows. Somebody haven't seen else a lot of that, that but this week we saw this week some. We saw of a few it. of them. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, so I think he's a little bit of a work in progress. In mm. fact, one could easily argue that Jordan Phillips, who is kind of the backup three technique, and and I don't know what the exact ratio of snap counts right. are but you could easily make the argument that jordan phillips has played better than ed oliver up to this point in the season phillips the uh, film tells you that that's not an opinion
0: no and phillips you know we remember him coming out of oklahoma oh my a god ago, his his big man really light feet yeah i mean he yeah. should have been a first round pick he fell i think he had some uh, from, issues had to, yeah, there was yeah, stuff there yeah. and then he was in miami last few years yeah. leaves there goes but to he's Buffalo. played well and particularly he's become a big factor because they lost um harrison phillips yes correct yes uh, you know, so you've got those two. Star Latule, uh is in at No tackle. Still a solid player. Yep, solid player on the inside. The only thing they're really lacking, is, and it's big, is Jerry Hughes can still rush the
1: quarterback a little. They don't have really another pass rusher. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. They they're drafted. searching
1: for one on the other side. They
0: drafted Shaq Lawson to be that guy. He's not Years a pass ago, rusher. He's not that guy. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander. They bring. He's their starting Sam backer this week. He was a starting uh, linebacker. Uh, you know, played right. more of the, as a right. will. But I think when you look at Lorenzo Alexander, the thing they'll do with him is. They'll bring him up to the line of scrimmage. He's their joker. Off the edge. Or they'll stand him up at three technique. Yeah, there was a, a play a few a few yeah. uh, games ago. It's second and one. Yeah. And he's lined up as a three technique with his standing up. And no I'm like, question. What, what are we doing offensively that we're not running the ball There's right now? There's a player who, believe it or not,
1: I watched coming out of college who they're trying to see if he can become an edge rusher, and that's Daryl Johnson, number 92, yeah, North, Carolina, North Carolina A&T, A&T yeah. who I actually watched in college. I don't know if you did. I did. Flies around. And I kind of – liked him as a potential guy and he had a very good preseason and they're giving him meaningful snaps and he's not there yet. Sure. But I think they're hoping maybe he can become the guy. Look, Jerry used, you know, he's a 10 year player too. So, um, but let's just turn to linebacker real quick because Tremaine Edwards is a freakish athlete. Who's much, much better this year than he was a year ago. Mm. Much better. I didn't watch him last year. So I can't speak to it last year. He really struggled with recognition. That was his issue at Virginia Tech. Um, he's much better this year. Okay. Um, I, Matt Milano was inactive this week. Don't know what his status is for this week. Yep. One of my favorite players to watch on tape. Did you oh, watch
0: him at Boston College? Uh, a little bit. Not as much as I wanted to. Yeah. He was athletic. they used him a lot of different ways. They moved him around. He, and... he played because I believe Don Brown was in Boston yes, College the, at the time. The, uh, yeah, early on. Yep. I, th- he, I don't think he was there his final year. But, but he, he played the
1: Jabril Peppers role yeah. at Boston College. Mm-hmm. That Peppers played for Brown at Michigan. Yep. And I really like Matt Milano. I think he's... He's not overlooked. The Eagles' coaching staff, you know, coaching course, staff won't be overlooking him from a media standpoint. A media he's media standpoint yes. But he's a really good player. Yep. He's fast. He's active. He's disruptive.
0: He can cover backs. He can cover tight ends. He's a good player. Just going to go through numbers really quick, and we'll kind of go out on this. Opposing quarterback rating, they're third in the NFL, uh, 70.3. Completion percentage, fourth in the NFL, under 59%. Yards per attempt, third in the NFL, 5.92. 20-plus completions, 14, third in the NFL. 20-plus pass touchdowns, goose egg zero, leads the NFL. Third and third down sacks with nine. They're not a high-volume blitz team, but they have a variety of blitz Just to wrap
1: up, here's what we should say about this defense. Yeah. They are so fundamentally sound and execution efficient. That's mm. what they hang their hat on. They, they look, is a guy going to give up a play here and there? Of yep. course, that happens. Yep. But they are so fundamentally, they just don't make mistakes. And that's a function I think of Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, another name people will remember in Philly, yep. who's. The D.C. There are a lot of familiar names. A lot there. of familiar names on that staff. And they, they're they just really, really sound in everything they do. You just don't see mm. mistakes where you go, what was going on there?
0: Yep. No, it's a its a good team. This is not no. a, like, all oh, in years past, like, oh, going off to Buffalo, let's go get a win. Uh, and people is- still see them that way, yep. and especially because they, they
1: lost to um, – New England, although they did not get blown out in a 16-10, yep. they lost because of their offense, because Josh Allen was overmatched in that Against game New defense, by arguably the best man-to-man defense in the league yep. in New England. But their defense held down the Patriots, as, by the way, they normally do.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good team. It's going to be a big test. Yeah, uh, Excited to break it down with you next week right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. Greg, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Fran. Well, great stuff from Greg, and you could follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Greg Cosell, and while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on any form of social media. That is the best way Well, that's one way to support the show. Not the best way. The best way is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Leave us a rating and leave us a comment. I can't tell you how happy I am with the listeners of this show, and they just consistently go on, leave ratings, leave questions. I can't even keep up and make sure I give all of you guys the love on the show each week. So I'm just going to give a couple more people some love here. Uh, Chris from SLC uh, left a five-star review and a question saying, I was wondering if the Eagles did make a trade for a corner, what type of corner would make the most impact in Jim Schwartz's scheme? And Chris, that's a good question. I get it a lot, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or on Twitter. Uh, And I think really when you look at this Eagle scheme, and I think most schemes now. Look, the, the NFL, it's gone are the days where you know, you can be you know, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks under Tony Dungy, the Indianapolis Colts under Tony Dungy, and just play one coverage time after time after time after time again. You've got to be able to play man coverage. You've got to be able to play man, uh, zone coverage. You've got to be able to play single high. You've got to be able to play two high. You've got to be able to mix things up, and the Eagles do. The Eagles mix things up. You'll see cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, all sorts of man, man coverages all sorts of zone coverages, blitz coverages, everything in the book. So to me from a scheme standpoint, that stuff's out the window in today's NFL, just in in my opinion. Of course, there are some players that are better accustomed to play in heavy zone schemes, as opposed to some that are more accustomed to play in heavy man, but you've got to be able to do both in today's NFL. So, to me, it's not a question of that. I think, really, you look, and this just goes to every player on on that side of the ball, this is an aggressive defense. It's an aggressive scheme. It's a one-gap scheme. So, you've got to be able to attack downhill. You've got to be able to make stops in the run game. You're going to be relied on to manhandle your gap. One gap means one player for one gap. So you've got to be able to hold that gap. So any player, corner, safety, linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, you've got to be able to hold your own uh, at the point of attack in this scheme. That's obviously uh, one of the most important traits. So you know, if you're, it's not talking about, oh, you need corners that are 220 pounds and you need safeties that are 230. It's about competitiveness and having that edge and that want to, you know, that willingness to be able to come downhill and play in those gaps. So any position on the defensive side of the ball, I think that's really what you're looking for. You want guys that have that hard edge. And a lot of the guys that they've brought in over the course of the last few years, if you go back and watch them in college – that was part of their skill set. That was one of the things that they brought to the table, and I think that's something you'll consistently see here in Philadelphia. All right, and then the last one uh, I want to just give love to. There wasn't a question with this one, but I also wanted to thank uh, Chapo DeBaz who left a five-star review saying how much they love the show. So great stuff from both of you. Thank you, and appreciate everybody out there for listening to this podcast and all of our podcasts on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Before I get to my notes uh, on Tredavious White, I want to give, quickly just remind you that if you want to get notes on some of the future stars of the NFL, they might be Eagles as well, uh, make sure you tune in over to the Journey of the Draft podcast. Every single week, we are breaking down the top prospects in college football in preparation for next year's NFL Draft. I can't tell you when the Eagles when we finished uh, this past draft in April, and we talked about Andre Dillard and Miles Sanders and J.J. ortega Whiteside, and you know the players that uh, the Eagles were able to acquire. And you look around the division, all a lot of the players that every team was able to acquire. We talked about all these guys, not just in the spring, not just around combine time or Senior Bowl time, but we were talking about Andre Dillard, who just made his first start this past week. We talked about him earlier in the show. We were talking about Andre Dillard over a year ago. Last September, You know, myself and Ben Fennel, we're talking about Andre Dillard, the sleeper, out, the offensive tackle out in the West Coast that not a lot of people were talking about in the media, but certainly could be a guy that could be viewed as a riser. What does he do? He goes up, helps himself every step along the way, and turns into a first-round pick. So if you want to get a heads-up on next year's draft, get a head start against all of your friends and everybody that you want to be able to talk about college football with and the NFL draft with in the spring, make sure you go tune in to the Journey of the Draft podcast each and every week all right well let's get to a player that we talked a lot about on the journey of the draft podcast in that spring of 2017 it's time to hear my notes on Tredavious White when he came out of LSU dim those lights we're headed to the film room for the scouting report All right, so Tre'Davious White again, a player that I was a big fan of when he was coming out uh, of the Bayou Bengals. A four-year starter, I actually studied him all three years—the last three years, I should uh, say—that he played there for LSU. Started almost every game. uh, You know, first he played nickel corner, he played outside corner, right corner, left corner. Also played some safety. Was moved all around the formation there. uh, You know, slid out to left corner and base uh, as a senior, but he spent most of their time in their sub package on the inside uh, as a senior. Again, played both spots. He would travel with receivers. He, I know he did that against Laquan Treadwell, who was a, a first-round pick. He did it with Duranya Wilson, who was one of the best receivers in the SEC. He was Dak Prescott's number one target when they were at Mississippi State together. So when you look at Tredavious White, he was counted on to be that alpha, that number one corner for LSU, who has always got a talented secondary. Slightly undersized, but I thought he had pretty good length, and he had the ability to play press coverage, but he really appeared to play mirror press, where maybe he wasn't using that length to disrupt early in the down, but with his feet, he was able to stay on top of receivers, stay in their hip pocket. Uh, the, you know, At the combine, he didn't test great. He tested okay, but I thought the film showed a guy that was able to get in and out of breaks really quickly. He played faster than he timed. I thought that was really consistent watching him all three years. I did not ha- not once have a question about his athletic ability, about whether or not he could be a starter in the NFL, and I think some people questioned that after his combine testing. That was not something that I, that I ever worried about uh, watching Davis. He rarely had issues uh, staying in the hip pocket of SEC wide receivers, showed more discipline at the line of scrimmage as he continued to get uh, older in his career, Um, knew where his help was, consistently showed a good feel for playing the position, whether it was man or zone. I thought he had that scheme versatility, had the instincts, the route recognition skills to be able to break on throws, read the quarterback in zone, and make plays on the football. Along the sideline, I remember him making numerous plays down the field where he showed a really good ability to press receivers towards the sideline, get his eyes up, and find the football. Again, just a guy I was really impressed with his ball skills, ability to be very, very productive. Only allowed three big plays in all of 2016. Two penalties. Really, really good job of limiting the big play and also not drawing a lot of flags. I thought he was just really, really impressive all the way around. It was a great run defender. One of my notes, uh, he lives on the island where bubble screens go to die. Repeat just came downhill, made stops in the flat. Just a really competitive, edgy player uh, that I really loved his play. Personality. He was a good blitzer from the slot and from the boundary as well. So uh, a guy that to me was just very, very well rounded and didn't fly. He wasn't gonna guy. It wasn't gonna be a guy that was gonna run 4 three. He wasn't six two. Was didn't have thirty three inch arms. Um, but to me, just had a really good knack for playing the position. My only concerns, really, you know, at times his press technique uh, left a little bit to be desired. At times he would open the gate up a little bit too quick. Quickly, So allow a receiver to get upfield uninhibited. That was something I saw a little bit from him on tape. True burners, I thought, might be able to give him some trouble. So you know, a Deshaun Jackson type, a Tyreek Hill type, anybody that can just get to top speed immediately might give him trouble, as they do for most corners uh, in the NFL. But overall, I thought this was my final summary on Tredavious White. A bit undersized, but an instinctive player with really good ball skills and a competitive streak. He's a good run defender. He can play any coverage you need him to. He's got the physical tools that maybe aren't through the roof. There's no jaw-dropping athletic traits, as I mentioned, but he makes up for it in the mental side of the game. I think he can start day one, and I think he's got multiple Pro Bowls in his future. A high-floor player as a do-everything slot guy, but... I thought he could be a starter and a three-down player for an NFL secondary. He's turned into one of the best young corners in the NFL. The interception he had down in the red zone this week against Miami, to me, really painted a picture of the kind of player he was. He was an off coverage, read the route break, jumped it, made a great play on the football. He was targeted five times. They clearly, if you go just go on to Twitter and search for Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh, the passing chart, the little flow chart that they'll post showing all the where all of his targets went this year or this week against the Buffalo. Everything was to the left. They completely stayed away from the, the right side of the field. He was targeted five times. He got a pick. He forced a fumble and was able to get a pass break up. Nearly had another interception. So I think when you look at Tredavious White, this guy's really instinctive. Everything that I saw at LSU has carried over to the Buffalo Bills, and he's turned into a great player for Sean McDermott. It's a great fit for that scheme because it is a zone-heavy scheme. And I do think he was a little bit better of a zone player, but As I mentioned, as we've talked about numerous times on the show already, you have to be able to play all coverages. And he showed the ability to be a man coverage player. All right, that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the NovaCare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.